drawing on his experience as a software developer and project manager and his own journey of self development roberto gen nicola coaches leaders right from new managers to c suite executives at fortune 500 companies and facilitates leadership growth underpinning his work is his belief that living up to one's potential as an authentic leader requires a seamless integration of both analytical skills and emotional intelligence in today's episode let us chat with roberto on you have got an algorithm but can you dance this is the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future friends i am your host navin samala just a fellow it professional but on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe through the guiding voice we drive conversations that matter conversations that add value to your life and to your career seasoned leaders and celebrated coaches across the globe share their knowledge and wisdom with our audience so that each one of you can learn and acquire more knowledge for every minute by tuning into the guiding voice than any other podcast in this space thank you so much for joining me today and i'm super excited to have roberto join me in today's episode roberto hearty welcome to the guiding voice Thank you Navin it's such a pleasure being here thank you for having me on your podcast yeah i'm super thrilled to have you and without further ado let's get into the conversation roberto and i'm really curious of course i've gone through your profile but i want my audience to get to know more about your career journey probably you can share brief snippets of your career journey how it all evolved right from software developer to project manager to executive coach Of course of course thank you. Yes so I come from 17 years of sitting behind a computer and coding my way through applications and databases and um spending a lot of time in my logical analytical mind to really uh, create software applications that really helped in the financial institutions that's where I worked a lot and then what i realized was that i really enjoyed being in the training room when i had to teach people how to use these applications and that started to shift me into living and letting go of the tech work and moving more towards the people work And so then I started completely moving away from uh, the coding. I went to project management management as well. And finally, I started to work with um, Dale Carnegie training. I was a facilitator with them and I got coached on how to become a facilitator for leadership, communication and so on. And in that whole process, I had to really learn leadership skills for myself, understanding what is holding me back and how people work and what does it mean to be Uh, interacting with people and finally then I moved into uh, understanding also how to be a coach and I got certified as a coach and work now with a lot of executives who are still people that I connect with because they are in the tech field in biotech the people with the tech mindset why because I went through the process of transformation and changing and I understand what they're going through so now that's what I do I help them out as well in doing the same transition Mm-hmm. quite quite an interesting journey you had uh, and roberto i'm curious about how this transformation happened and what are the top 3 things that have helped you in your journey so far so that's a great question i mean for me the three top things were courage vulnerability and self awareness and courage because to let go of being that strong logical clever mind behind the screen 
And moving towards what I decided to do and completely change my career required a lot of courage. And with that courage, I had to put myself in front of a mirror and look at what is going on with me that is not working well. What is it that I need to learn to become better at my new job, as well as understanding what facets of human behavior do I need to change for myself and also understand others. So that requires a lot of vulnerability and being okay in accepting that there's a lot doesn't work, that this hot-headed Italian here was not really um, using the best skills when it came to uh, social context. And then, so the third part was self-awareness. And with self-awareness was really to start paying attention and saying, you know what, this is this is something that doesn't work for me. I am not really good at this and I need to change in how I interact with people because it's holding me back. And I can't move forward really without understanding all these facets so that I could also understand others. So the whole transition there was the courage to really understand what was going on and going through the hard part of myself, being vulnerable and admitting them and self-awareness about myself so that I could understand others even more. Oh, so profound. Courage, vulnerability, and self-awareness. Great. And now I'm curious to understand some toughest lessons that you have, journe- uh, that you have learned after embarking on this journey as an executive coach. See, one thing that um, actually caught my attention in your earlier answer is you have to let go of the logical thinking process behind the computer, right? Likewise, mm-hmm. uh, we, we may have to unlearn certain things in this whole process when you are transitioning or transforming to a different career. So, likewise, are there anything which you came across which you thought, okay, it would work that way, but maybe after taking a plunge, you uh, realized, okay, it is not going to work this way. Maybe I'll have to take a shift. Yep. Yeah. Oh boy, do I have some stories around that, Naveen? You know, in my book, the, um, you've got algorithm, but can you dance? In that part, when I, what I talk about, you've got algorithm, is that you're good in your tech work. You're good in what you do when you're coding and do all that. And I realized, and I write about this in my first chapter of the book, which is called "One Cocky Coward." Was for me to realize that I need to get out of the tech closet. I call it. And I was a cocky coward. I was cocky in my tech world, but a coward when it came to really knowing and facing what I needed to change to become better in social interactions. And that is what I talk about in my section, a second chapter, which is learning how to dance. But what is the dance? Well, the dance is learning how to, one, understand yourself and how the music, or which means the social context, how the music interacts with you and how that affects you. And how often I realized that for me, that music was too foreign. And I really didn't know how to put myself into a position of speaking and interacting freely with people. Instead, I was in a protective mode, hiding. And when I was, I had to face those social contexts and conversations, I started to be sweaty. I started to be awkward. I felt uh, edgy and I got into protection mode, which is I was being defensive. I didn't really open up with conversations. And so to learn the dance to me was really paying attention to how I need, what I needed to change and what was holding me back and then learn how to interact with other people even more. 
what is it that I need to do for that so that I can maybe influence people for the ideas that I have about my projects? Why are they not listening to me? Why, when I present something technical, I feel like if they question me, I become defensive, like they're questioning my aptitude about the project versus, no, they're, they're just interested so that they want to know and do something better. And so there was this whole transition and really understanding how to move into that social context and understanding the dance so that not only I understand it for myself interacting with them, but once you know how to dance, then you become a good dance leader as well, right? You can lead others. And I lacked all that. And I feel like there was so much loss in my ability to move projects ahead because I was hiding. I was the cocky coward. So. The last part was, you know what, just as I do in my entrepreneurial journey here, you need to put yourself out there. You need to do the things that are difficult. You need to practice and expose yourself into situations that you can, that can help you improve. When I started my career as a coach and, and doing leadership facilitator, I was afraid of telling people I was doing that now. And then I realized, no, you need to put yourself out there. You have to actually tell people what's going on. And tell your story, because a lot of people can relate to that, especially people in that field. So that's kind of the the tough journey was cocky coward. I was a coward. How to change that and understanding that what you were doing was not going to work. And then practice exposure. And it's okay to fail. That's how you learn. Oh, quite quite informative. But I'm, I'm curious, uh, what made you to write this book? You have got algorithm, but can you dance? <laughs> what is the motivation? Yes. <laughs> so because of all that, right, in the last chapter, last chapter of my book, um, I write, you know what, I wish I could go back in time to when I was 25 years old and give this book to myself so that you could learn all these skills much faster than taking 20 years to learn them. But obviously, you cannot do that, right? So I had to write a book so that not only I can tell my story, but also help people around me. Because what I was seeing in my work, in my classes and workshops that I do, and the coaching that I do with all these people, is that they are repeating the same issues and they have the same difficulties that I've had. And so I wanted to tell my story so that I can help the people around me and I can help them learn the dance somehow. And it inspired me to just sit down, write every elements that helped me bring get to where I am today. I talked about all the stories and issues that people see and face while I'm talking to them in my coaching sessions with them or in the classes. And then I talk also about the transformations that they experience as they go through this process and how much better and easier it is for them to go through life and to go to work because they feel that they're really well connected with everyone. So that's the inspiration for me. It's just, how can I help others? And that's really encouraged me to do that even more and write this book. Quite, quite uh, inspirational. And I'm sure it must be a must-read book, because you said you are going to gift it to your own 25-year-old uh, self, and it is out of your own experience. And the problems that you're seeing in the next generation who are at the same age and going through similar problems and all so quite uh, interesting aspect of it and uh, now let's move ahead and uh, what are some lessons that our listeners uh, uh, sh should should learn or should focus on which are important 
Mm-hmm. For that, I have I had three key points that I often mention and talk to people. One is self-inquiry, understanding what's not working. Two is touching on vulnerability and courage, courage again, asking for feedback, asking other people about what do you see in me that I don't see in myself? And the third part is the planning for self-transformation. Because if you don't plan, it's not going to happen. So the self-inquiry, the first one, is really around trying to look into, you know what, what's happening here? Why is it that I cannot move people to believe in my ideas? Why is it that I react that way when things don't work? What is happening here? That's often the part where when I work with my client and I talk to them around and trying to help them reflect on what was going on, when they say that there is something that's not working out, I ask them a lot of questions to see and understand what what is going on with you when you don't feel like things are moving on, when you can the interactions didn't go well, and so on. And they say and talk about themselves often, how it impacted them. And then I help them discover how to change that so they can let go of it, because often moving forward is about letting go of the big weight that we carry, and then move forward with what can we can do differently. If they cannot find it on their own, I ask them, okay, hey, how about feedback? What are people telling you usually? What are the same points that come around all the time that people help you pay attention to? Or maybe you should notice yourself as well. Because often there is a pattern. And to me, there was a pattern in my life as well. When I started to look in the mirror and realize that, you know what? People are always telling me the same things. They're complaining about the same things. And they may help me realize that maybe there's a pattern in here. So ask for feedback and feel okay with that. And the final one is plan for self-transformation. It's not going to happen if you just sit there and hope that either your coach or somebody else is going to come and tell you what you need to do. No, you need to take a step. You need to write it down. You have to think about how to develop all that. When I work with my clients, I help them go through this process, and then I give them a template of a plan that they have to fill out with questions that they need to respond, and then goals they want to achieve with timelines, how are they going to help, help uh, hold themselves accountable, who's going to help them out if they have issues, and so on. So it's really about understanding all that and planning for it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen there. So it, these are the three key points that I really encourage mm. others to do. Yeah. So planning for self-transformation, one must be really prepared. First of all, understand what is my development need and where I want to be, whether can I maximize my strengths to move forward and get there? I think uh, yeah, th- that kind of introspection will help and probably mm-hmm. engaging coaches might help uh, uh, positively in that aspect. And uh, great conversation so far, Roberto. Absolutely. Yeah, m- moving ahead. Like, yeah. Uh, you, <laughs> you have transitioned very well from technology to being a leader, right? So mm-hmm. what is essential in this, uh, tra- in this transition? <laughs> so here, here's interesting. I, what I noticed that I was doing and that I noticed that a lot of people are doing, and especially in the tech world. And when I say tech world, it's also, I in- include biotech, finance tech, people who have that technical mindset somehow, right? They, they think logically they, and they love that. What I realize is that people are often stuck in what I call the hero loop. And 
moving from, and the, the second part is that they need to understand that they are often working in reactive stance versus creative stance. So what is that? First, the hero loop is when we are stuck in a loop of uh, always being the person in charge of or even liking that we can extinguish fires. So the hero loop is there's a problem and okay, I know how to do that. I'm the tech guy. I have a logical mindset. I know how to respond to this. I'm going to address the problem. I resolve it. And then because I resolved it, I'm a hero. And look at me. I've done it again. So I call these people in the hero loop walking around with fire extinguishers and always addressing things that are really easy for them. And they're easy for them because they're good in tech. But what they need to do is often let go of that. If you move from tech to leader and now you're a leader, you can't be walking around with the fire extinguisher all the time. You need to start moving into how you can anticipate those fires. How can you let go of that pleasure and enjoyment of working in tech, which often is it's fun to resolve issues, to anticipating issues. Issues And so for that, you need to move from the reactive stance, which is reacting to what happens, to the creative stance and be more creative around how you can anticipate and think upstream to what can happen. And often that transition is difficult. And it's difficult because people love being in that the hero. They, there is so much validation around that. There is so much satisfaction around resolving problems and so on. But if you become a leader, it's about people now. It's no longer about the tech. While you still know all the tech and can get involved and connect with that, you need to move to be more creative in how visionary, strategic around building processes that can avoid all that. So. Leverage your tech experience to move into more a leader mindset. Yeah. And and when it comes to leader, you are anticipating the risk, anticipating the fire, and you are moving away from the fire extinguisher mode, which means you're probably collaborating more with people. So what are your tips in terms of understanding the people system, moving away from the tech system? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. So here's what I tell people all the time. Do not stop thinking and letting go of your logical system, logical thinking, analytical thinking, everything that makes you such a great tech person, right, in, in the world that you do. You can leverage that brilliant technical mindset that you have and move from the tech system to what I call Movie, the, the people system. So how understanding how you can leverage that from one to the other. And here's some of the stories that I, I I can share you because those are some conversations I have with clients. Often I have somebody maybe that, um, let's call him, I don't know, Steve. And I was talking to him and we were just having the conversation around how can you leverage that brilliant mind that you are to move to the people side? And he said, well, you know, yes, I can do that and I can understand more people, but people are complex and it's just too much. I don't, you know, you you have one person one way, one person the other way. It's always difficult. How can I manage all that and understand how to approach people that all the time? So I asked him, look, tell me something, Steve. When you work on your projects, let's say you're building an application or you're building a machine, whatever it is. You go around interviewing people to understand, first of all, what is the need for that application or that machine. Then you start to interview people and understand 
how they're going to interact with that machine. What did they want to do with that? You also uh, try to understand what bugs might come up, what problems and errors could come up, how they will interact, which might create even more bugs. And then you anticipate everything so that you can make sure that this machine or this software works really well. If they click here, nothing happens. They get what the result they want and so on, etc. So you have you use that logical mind to do all that. Well, when you talk to people, it's the same. People are multifaceted, fascinating mentality, fascinating behaviors, emotionally and so on. There are so many things to try to remember and keep in mind when you interact with them. So when you're gonna go, you're gonna go have a conversation with somebody. Maybe you want to influence them to believe in you, an idea that you have. Who is this person? Are they old? Are they young? Are they leaders? Are they male, female? What is their what is their general style and personality? How will you connect with them and address them so that you can make sure that the message goes across really well and that they receive it in a welcoming way so that you can move your ideas ahead. All that needs to happen by you also doing and using that logical mind to understand how this person is. So ask yourself the same questions that you would ask if you build a, a machine. What, what, this, what is this person like? Hmm, how should I address them? Is this a good time to talk to them? What if they become defensive? How can I change my words? What's my, my tone? How do I show up? in my energy, my voice, the way I talk to them. Am I arrogant? Am I condescending? Am I pushy? Or should I should I soften up? All these are parts of elements that you need to use and understand as you go and interact with people. So here is when you use your logical mind. Is it, here is where you use your, your analytical mind to get into that. So that's the part where I often tell people, use your brilliant tech mindset to move into the people system it's the same and it's fun it can be fun just the way you enjoy the tech part <laughs> you can enjoy the interactions with people and preparing for that wow. simply mind-blowing and this has been fabulous conversation and let's add some spice to the episode uh, roberto if you are ready <laughs> i'll kick off a quick rapid fire round sure yeah <laughs> go for it all Naveen. right yeah let's go for it let me fire the first bullet what is the best dream in your life so far? You know, Naveen, I talk a lot of in my book about empathy, and I think my best dream is more empathy in the world. So first, that means understanding yourself, being empathic with yourself, which helps you understand other people even more and bring empathy into the conversation. Be okay mm -hmm. with that. So empathy is the big one. No, yeah. It's going to change the uh, face of business, change the face of every conversation and all. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. And moving to the next one, what is the best piece of advice that you have received so far, uh, Roberto? For me, it's Roberto, get out of your own way. Because often what we do and the way that works for me is often you go into self-doubt and concerns because your ego get, kicks in. What are they going to think of me? What's going on? Versus it's not about you. It's about the message you can share. So get out of your own way. If you're here to serve, then serve. Everything's going to be good and okay. Wow, very powerful. Moving to the next one. Can you describe yourself in one word? Oh, boy. Given all that journey that I've gone through, I would say determination. 
I, I just, and I get an idea in my mind. I build it, whatever it takes to go. <laughs> and I'm determined to achieve it. Superb. Is there anything that you'd like to correct in your past? You know, um, like my, I mentioned in my book, I wish I had learned these skills much faster. So I would say I would learn people's skills much faster, much sooner, because then life and everything is easier. Everything is easier. So learn people's skills much faster. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So with that, let me find the last bullet. What is one electronic gadget that you'd like to see or invent yourself? Well, it's um, it's fall season coming in. And to me, one thing I wish somebody would invent or I wish I could invent it myself is a leaf blower that is completely silent <laughs> because it just <laughs> drives me nuts when everybody's using very loud leaf blowers. So how about building one that's really silent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it reduces noise pollution and that irritating. <laughs> Everything. Absolutely, yes. Good one. All right. I'll so, invest in, in the person who, who builds that up. I'll put my oh, money in. Yeah, here we have a startup investor as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful, yes. Roberto. And uh, this has been great rapid fire. And with that, let me flip back to the mainstream and ask you one final question for today's conversation. What will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers or lives? You know, one, one big piece for me that relates to the experience I've had and what I see all the time with the people I work with is take a, take a pause and look in the mirror and understand yourself better. Because once we understand ourselves better emotionally and what is going on within us, we are, have the ability then to manage ourselves better, but also understand others much more. And all that creates way more fluidity, much more um, ease in interactions and um, much more empathy with ourselves and with everyone else. So pause and look in the mirror and see how that can help you and others. Definitely. Great, great, great message. And I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much, Roberto, for joining me and engaging in such a insightful conversation. And it is a pleasure to host you. Thank you so much for all that you have shared all the value that you have added and all the time that you have spent. Really appreciate it. Same for me, Naveen. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation with you. It's wonderful. Yeah. All right. So pleasure to host uh, Roberto. And uh, folks, before we move into the trivia section, here is a request to you. In case if you haven't subscribed to us already, please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from. Whether you are listening on a podcast like Apple or Spotify, follow us. And if possible, leave a rating and review. And if you're watching it on YouTube, please uh, subscribe and also hit the bell icon and request you to share with at least three of your friends or colleagues in case if you have loved and enjoyed this conversation just like I did. Thank you so much in advance. All right, now let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode. One of the important aspects that uh, Roberto has covered in today's episode is about empathy. Right, I would like to extend the conversation around empathy and here are a few pointers and uh, you know american economist and political advisor jeremy rifkin ex explains in empathic civilization why we need to rethink the human narrative and base it on empathy and compassion rather than aggression and animosity in case if we have practiced empathy probably we could have avoided a lot of wars in the past, including the 
war that is in progress and we can avoid future wars as well so empathy is going to play a very vital role and uh, next aspect is about uh, technology you know technology facilitates empathy we have the technology to think viscerally as a family like social media and the web come in handy proving that at times of distress however far flung we still reach out right we have to begin thinking as an extended family and uh, and on the contrary we also see few people who are sharing their agony and who are also sharing their pain and the kind of trauma that they are going through and in the second case we have seen many scenarios wherein people started approaching them and giving that particular support likewise social media okay which is backed by the technology also plays a critical role in terms of dealing with empathy and empathy to the entire human race doesn't entail losing the old identities be it from religious political or any other means right it means broadening the existing identities that's why it is very important for us to practice empathy and if you are empathetic to your customers and if you are running a business your business will grow multifold similarly if you are a boss and if you are a subordinate try being empathetic to your subordinate when things don't fall in place as planned definitely that person is going to bounce back and give some extraordinary results in the future likewise empathy plays a critical role and i'm sure you must have experienced some situations as well and i would like to hear your stories you can comment on any of the social media platforms from where you found the link to this episode or if you are watching the episode on youtube feel free to leave the comments and uh, folks in addition to that if you have any topic recommendations or speaker suggestions please uh, reach out to me through social media or email me at the guiding voice for you at gmail.com that's all for today and friends i'm your host navin samala just a fellow it professional but a passionate learner on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe until next time bye bye signing off for today see you all in the next video